Hello, this is episode 231, recorded on Sunday, the 16th of December 2018, at 15.55 and 23 seconds. Yeah, everything is chaos. The quickest way to explain all this is I was ill last week, and that's why the podcast was delayed a few extra days. This was supposed to come out sometime in the last couple of days, but I'm doing it today. At the latest, it was supposed to come out yesterday. But now I've got to do this one today, and the Sunday show probably sometime in the next couple of days. But anyway, on with the show. At the moment, talking about chaos, (laughs) my computer desk is covered with Raspberry Pi bits. I'm finally putting the thing together. I've put it off for ages. It was just sitting on the side on the filing cabinet. But now I've decided to put it all together so that I can watch the despecialized edition of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi this Christmas. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of trouble to go just to watch three films, but hopefully the Raspberry Pi will become my media box until I can fix my satellite dish. I don't know if there are any takers, but in my ongoing and largely in vain attempt to boost listenership, let me know the origin of this week's title. You won't win anything, but I'll give you a mention on the show. And on to the show. Let's do the show right now. Okay. Do you ever just waft through shops? Not because you're going to buy anything or even particularly do any window shopping, but just to soak up the ambiance? I do that sometimes. The two shops that I tend to do that in is the Disney shop and the Lego shop or stores, if you're American. Part of the reason is just that I love Disney and Lego stuff, but also the colours in the shop are really bright and cheerful, and they make me happy. I have had an actual legitimate reason for being in the Disney store lately, though. I was eyeing up this Merlin hanging ornament, hanging Christmas tree ornament, maybe, thingy, from Disney's The Sword in the Stone. And I'd been looking at this for weeks, hoping the price would go down. And it did go down. Unfortunately, when it did, the only one left was broken. So no Merlin on the Christmas tree this year. Oh well. It's still great to breeze through these shops every now and again to recharge your serotonin levels even if you aren't buying anything, so bear that in mind. If you're just feeling down and you're on your lunch hour, that might be something that you can do. Next, here's another re-recommendation of Amar Chitra Katha's Indian Mythology comics. I'll spell that out for you. A-M-A-R-C-H-I-T- R-A-K-A-T-H-A. They are a publisher of comics 
And they are translated into English as well. And the art is really bright and engaging. And it tells you all about Indian mythology. And it's really fun if you're looking for something different over Christmas. I have mentioned this in previous podcasts because it's something I really enjoy reading or did enjoy reading a few years ago. But if you also want an object lesson in why you shouldn't invade Afghanistan, check out the Birbal stories. B-I-R-B-A-L. And just a last thing for a bit of balance and for a slightly less favourable look at Amarchitra Katha, see the link that I put in the show notes. There is an article in The Atlantic from last year with a slightly more negative viewpoint of these comics. But I think they're still worth reading. Next, if you're looking for a Christmas project suggestion, apart from putting together a Raspberry Pi, most of the old commercial operating systems you can think of have been grabbed and made available at winworldpc.com You can find everything from the fairly decent operating systems like MS-DOS 5, Windows for Workgroups 3.11, Windows 95 OSR2, Windows 98 SE, Windows NT4, as well as some pretty obscure ones like A-UX Unix for old Macs. There's even IBM's OS2 Warp 4. The point is, if you are building up a retro PC from parts on eBay, or are just restoring an old machine, check out this site. It will be very useful. Next, Christmas Project Suggestion 2. DOS Haven is a well-known site for getting old DOS games. But have you ever wanted to have a go at real retro games programming? There's a whole raft of tools for MS-DOS slash FreeDOS development. The ones I can recommend from personal experience are FreeBasic and QBasic. One I haven't tried but looks intriguing is AGS, Adventure Game Studio, a well-known free Windows development kit for creating point-and-click adventure games, but here you'll find version 2.3.1 for DOS. It also seems like an opportune time for maybe making some money by doing this because of the prevalence of Steam retro games running on DOSBox. There are two ideas for you for Christmas. Or you can do what I did and fiddle around with your Raspberry Pi. Quite a lot of tech this week. I just wanted to mention a few things that I discovered lately. A few cock-ups, really. Let's talk about a couple of fairly common podcasting mishaps that can happen. In the Lime Bikes episode my third-party Android voice recorder decided to lock me out of some of the audio files I'd recorded. I 
eventually had to actually manually play back the audio into my mic and record it into Audacity. Also, as you heard from the penultimate section, only about a minute of the show, thank goodness, the audio degrades rapidly. If you record in demanding conditions, like rain, torrential rain and cold and snow and sleet, well, I only had to deal with rain, but it was fairly heavy, you're going to need a variety of equipment. I used a lavalier mic, a digital recorder and my phone. Despite what the beebs say about how great smartphones are for recording audio, if you have a lot of ambient background noise, you're probably going to need lavalier and or shotgun mics. Definitely a lavalier if you need your hands free because you're riding a bike in stupid amounts of rain. So those are a few creative things to think about this week. And now onto my new phone as... I may have mentioned recently I bought a new phone because my old Moto G 3rd Gen 2015 had broken down and frankly it was slowing down and it was a bit crashy as well and it looks like it will never get another Android update. My new phone, the Honor 9 Lite, is great. A few things that don't make this a flagship phone are that it has IPS in plain switching LCD display, which is better than TFT thin film transistor displays, but not as good as OLED organic light emitting diode displays, which is a sort of boosted, souped up LED. Compared to OLED, the blacks and contrast are not as good on IPS, but it also draws less power, and it costs less to make. The CPU, GPU, and RAM are also less than you'd find on a flagship phone, and there's no optical image stabilization. But then it costs £129 in the UK, almost a third less than the iPhone 6S Plus, which is probably its nearest Apple equivalent. Actually, it has a slightly larger screen than that particular iPhone. It's a big, beautiful phablet. That is the problem. I still stand by what I said about a smartphone being a necessity for most people, particularly if you work in news media, but an I really hate to say this, it is a huge time suck. I didn't think I was one of those stupid, hipster, dumb phone people, but after the optician recently told me that I'm burning a hole in my brain, staring at screens and the headaches and the dry eyes and the hand pain, and while setting up the honour and losing hours of my life just watching TV and movies on it, guess what? Yeah, those whiny Luddite dumb phone dummies may have a point. In fact, I now try an K2 
keep the phone away from me, unless it's leisure time, I actually need the camera for work, or I'm using it for navigation. Yes, I am back to using a dumb phone. There isn't even a SIM in the Honor. I didn't bother installing one. By the way, on that subject, you can install WhatsApp and Signal without a SIM. You just need another phone to receive the verification SMS code. I have put a couple of links into the show notes to tell you how to do this. The links are to Android Authority and Lifehacker, but I've just said what you need to do, so you probably don't even need to use those links. Oh, and WhatsApp and Signal installations are also available for the desktop now as well. Let's just talk about navigation for a moment. Navigation works because GPS doesn't need a SIM. But without 3G or 4G, you will need to download offline maps. And there are a couple of things that you may lose. Say, for example, you are using Google Maps downloaded onto your phone. You may lose traffic updates if you're not connected to 3 or 4G. But all in all, it's not a terrible loss. And you seem to get less distractions using your navigation this way. I'm guessing it won't be long before buying monthly phone contracts goes the same way as cable or satellite TV contracts. I'm sure phone service providers have known this for years, otherwise why bundle ridiculously expensive phones for very little money unless it is to tie the customer to a long, expensive, higher purchase, really, contract. Back to dumb phones. I have one. It's just one of an ultra-cheap pair of Alcatel OneTouch 560 feature phones we bought from Virgin in 2012 when we had just returned to the UK. I've put a link to that particular phone in the show notes, although I doubt anyone is still using that phone, but if you are, there is a link to manuals and things like that that might be of use to you in the show notes. One problem I had with this phone is it's very easy to accidentally activate internet. Yes, this phone actually does have internet and then run up a bill for no reason at all. But there's a very easy fix to this. You go into your phone and you just delete your Virgin data profile. Oh, and something else that makes this better than an iPhone device, and actually the Honor as well, is that brilliantly both have built-in FM radios. As for the parent company Huawei security issues, yes, that is a concern, particularly with CEO Ren Changfei's connections with the People's Liberation Army and his daughter Meng's possible involvement with breaking the sanctions against Iran. However, unlike the smaller makers, Huawei 
invested in research to prove the integrity of their devices to the UK government as far back as 2010 with their Huawei Cyber Security Evaluation Centre in Banbury and more recently pledged to spend £1.5 billion in this effort. While this does not guarantee the PLA isn't spying on us, it does at least show Huawei are willing to raise their heads above the parapet, even if they do this somewhat reluctantly, as was reported recently by Reuters. Again, the link's in the show notes. Anyway, if it's not the Chinese, it's the Russians or our own Five Eyes. If you want security, iPhones are definitely a better bet with Apple's strong stance on user security. Well, maybe, until a few days ago, and the New York Times revelations that this may not entirely be the case, particularly where financial advantage is a factor in hoovering up user data. Again, the link is in the show notes. What should you take away from all this? All governments and private companies are spying on us 24-7, and there's nothing we can do. The ante has just been upped even further recently with the ding-batted craziness from the Australian government's law to hold encryption keys. We've talked about this so many times that, well, just to sum up, it is a stupid, stupid law and will affect more than just Australia when the Australian government managed to lose those keys. And they will. It's just going to happen. Finally, a tip. If you are one of the millions of people who have bought an Honor 9 Lite, go into Settings, go to Battery, and activate Power Saving Mode. It makes a big difference to battery life with no appreciable downsides. You lose things like fancy transitions, but if it's going to speed up the performance of your phone and save battery, why is that a bad thing? And that is it for the show for today. We're into the after show section now so relax Roy relax I had a little extra message for someone out there I would like to thank Nate for playing an excerpt of episode 227 featuring my very cold adventures trying out Lime Bike you can find Nate Langson's podcast on iTunes, and in all the usual places. It's called Text Message Podcast. T-E-C-H apostrophe S Message Podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can find me at RoyMartha.com, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. My email address is Roy.Martha at gmail.com. I am at Roy Martha on Twitter. Please review the show in iTunes and tell a friend about the show. This was episode 231, recorded on Sunday, the 16th of December, 
2018, and the time at the end of the show is 16.19.44. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!